Hey, it's time to chat with me, Rose, and me, Kamea. On this show, we have courageous conversations that illuminate shared experiences related to food and gender. We are here to help folks digest their relationship to food. I'm going to open, I guess, with a poem. Mm. Her breath is like honey spiced with cloves. Her mouth delicious as a ripened mango. To press kisses on her skin is to taste the lotus. The deep cave of her navel hides a store of spices. What pleasures lie beyond the tongue knows but cannot speak of it. We are back. Episode three. How was your week? How was your few weeks? I guess it's been a minute. (laughs) You were in paradise it's true i was in hawaii i'm trying to center myself like wait when did i last see you oh yeah um i did i was excited to tell you about this i think um after uh after we did the episode where we were like oh what the hell is a foodgasm i think i had one no way yeah okay tell me about it i want to know it was in hawaii and um i got like real poke from like a random like tiny hole in the wall fish market as you should I, and i was really excited it was the kind of place like you walk around and then you're like oh there's a line here kind of deal like this is good and um yeah it was amazing Fuck. absolutely delicious i got what was a- all in it what kind of fish um i got two different kinds of tuna there was the smoked um marlin but that was a little too far for me i've never had marlin and while we were on the trip my husband caught a marlin um cool. which was one of his highlights of the trip but um it was just a baby they were like oh this is like just seven feet long and so the people we were with were like we should send that back but like they showed me a picture and like a video and I was like, that's a big fucking fish. That's huge. But anyway, the poke. It was like a little seaweed salad, some sushi rice, um, and some ahi tuna, and then there was a Maui onion that was like spicy, and then there was like a Maui onion flavored one and some edamame. And it was all like in this little to go box. And I swear like the whole thing like just would fit in my hands but it was like the freshest most delicious Yum. just like the textures the flavors I do think it had a lot to do with like the setting and it was the only time that me and my husband left the whole like family thing too mm-hmm. um and I was so just like blown away by it like every single bite I was like I can't believe how delicious this is I can't believe the textures this is just like the most amazing poke I have ever had. Like, I'm not a poke person, but this, like, made me a poke person. But also everything else I ever have, I'm going to be completely I was gonna disappointed say, in. nothing is going to compare here. Um, but it had me thinking about our conversation about foodgasms because two days later, the family was like, we're going to go get burritos out of, like, a food truck that wasn't super far away from it. And I was like, fuck burritos. I can get burritos at home. I'm going to book it over to the yeah. poke place and i got poke and i got some different flavors well and the one that i was like the most excited about um which was the maui onion one and it was still like really good but i didn't have the same it wasn't like your first time your, it wasn't your cherry like wasn't popped. time and it wasn't as exciting it was still delicious that's so cool i didn't really think of it of, of my cherry bean pop but yeah it blew my mind your poke popped mind. 
my Pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the second time wasn't as good. And I was like, oh, is that what that means? Probably. That's fun. That's so cool that you got to have that experience. Ugh. Um, since you have been back, I know it's been it's been a minute, but you also like kind of just got back. Mm-hmm. Have you cooked anything you're really excited about? I guess the most exciting things right now is um, the farm I'm working at. We're having a lot of greens come out of the greenhouse. And so they have a life to them. My body responds differently. The flavors are different. Mm-hmm. Um, that really is the best description I have for it. Like if you only ever have like box salad versus like a fresh salad that's like grown within space of you and you know it's not traveling to get to you like there's still a life in it and I I think part of that is the kind of thing that you want to identify with your analytical brain analytical Mm. brain your analytical analytical. (laughs) but the the science part of our society that really values more of the mind who want to be like well how many vitamins are in it blah 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 but but there's like I think there's an energy to it oh absolutely um yeah it just feels different in my body so that's been exciting um but yeah I got home and I did quite a bit of cooking right off the boat I made a really delicious beef and broccoli soup with like big thick wide egg noodles um and a quality homemade broth and I I we had broth in the freezer which was on purpose so that when I got home I could just make a soup it was the kind of soup that just like brings you back to life it's a centering soup yeah we're home now we're back to the grind how about you have you been cooking um i'm still in transition mode so i have not cooked (laughs) since i am in my transition mode (laughs) um you sound like you're dying i know no i quit my job that's a big deal it's a big deal i'm really excited this is all positive Um, but yeah, my job was a lot as I've kind of talked about in the past episodes. So this is my first, it's only been like three days. Mm -hmm. So first day I was super hungover because I partied till the sun came up quite literally and I got takeout and then the next day we ended up because of like timing and stuff, we ended up getting Thai food, which was good. I just got like, like a Patsy or something. It was pretty basic. And then tonight I'm here and I haven't had dinner yet. So. Well, you did make a really delicious snack. Do you want I, to talk about that? <laughs> I can talk about it. I made a little Greek dip with some pitas for you. Special. Okay, but I'm going to I'm gonna poke you a little bit okay. because you didn't make the pitas, but you I zhuzhed them up. I zhuzhed them. What did you do? You have to zhuzh the pitas. Okay, but how? Um. Well, these particular ones, I cut them into little like chip size because I figured it was like finger foods and I all I did is just like I drizzled a healthy dose of pretty nice olive oil and then really nice flaked sea salt and fresh cracked pepper that's it I wanted to do like garlic butter and everything but I didn't have time so I was like this is good enough but the but the point is you took some store-bought pita you drizzled them with olive oil make some salt pepper and you just put it in some tinfoil and baked it in the oven it's delicious heat it up yeah, it gives it a little extra, like, pop. Especially the fresh cracked pepper is so crucial. I'm a big believer. If you use pepper, you should, like, grind it fresh. I'm a big believer in that. Well, some people would say that about any spice, but this isn't an episode about spices. No, it's not. Well, not necessarily. We might talk about spices. Some spices will come up. But 
for the most part, yeah, you just it's just elevating something that's simplistic food. So, yeah, I'm glad you like it. It's delicious. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, today we're talking about aphrodisiacs. Yeah. We've been talking about doing this episode since season one. I've been fantasizing about having a food podcast for like years, mm-hmm. but one of my first like visions for a podcast was to take this book and it was one of the first books that made me fall in love with food mm-hmm. writing where I was like, this is beautiful and has so much to say about the human experience and it's called Aphrodite. It's a memoir of the senses and it's written by Isabel Allende and It is a book that explores the intersection of food and eroticism. And I love it. I can't say I've ever been um, turned on by the book. It's not like reading erotic fiction. It's not like that at all. It's, well, depending on who you are as a person, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's an interesting one. It is an interesting one. The first sentence is, I repent of my diets, the delicious dishes, reject out of vanity vanity, as much as I lament the opportunities for making love that I let go by because of pressing tasks or virtue. And then she goes on basically to explain that eating and lovemaking are both experiences of the flesh and it's why gluttony and lust are both sins it's Mm -hmm. like leaning into the very physical experience of sensing a body experiencing and that's not even getting into the pleasure aspects of things it's just this is how you experience a body and her argument well it's not an argument it's 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 like both academic but not super academic it's kind of a very it's a very personal exploration of these topics which I, I love her vulnerability in it and she shares some weird stories and the paragraph that introduces the vegetables apologizes for the fact that the vegetables cannot be as sexually as attractive as anything that's derived from animals because it lacked any like fat or fun or like <laughs> like I, I definitely think there's something really sexual about meat like eating flesh eating muscle eating something off of a bone for sure but I feel like that's more of this like primal sexualness this aggression this intuitiveness that we have but I also think vegetables can be so intimate in a different way and I think that's mostly like there's more variety in textures colors I feel like you have a little bit more of a variety to it and also maybe that's also I don't know I mean you know well what you're saying is making me think of one of the things that I was reading that's not in that I haven't run into in the Aphrodite book um, is that at the end of the Kama Sutra, it does offer like plants. And in one of the things I was reading, it's actually like one of the principal rules of it is that the things that you set up, like to set up the energy for a sexual experience you don't have it take the life of an animal like milk is very negative energy but you don't bring in death or like any kind of dead thing you don't want to have a sacrifice and then fuck over the sacrifice it's not the words they use but sure (laughs) yes (laughs) just like bask in the bloodshed (laughs) 
it's different attitudes and it's different ways of thinking. No, I, I was when I was reading about um, aphrodisiacs, the Karma Sutra came up, and I thought that was really interesting that it's very vegetarian, and it was talking about the energy of the food that you're eating. So, to me, that makes a lot of sense. Even back when we've talked past episodes about like my experience being a vegetarian, it was about the energy of the food that I was eating and. And it's like you're talking about the greens right now. Like it's the energy of the greens because they're so fresh and they're so like special and plump and luscious. (laughs) So I think there's definitely something to that for sure. One of the things that stands out to me when I think about aphrodisiacs is the energy buildup and this need for imagination to be in place. And this is a space that's totally separate from just eating to appease your digestion. You are making eating an experience. There is a story involved and there's a story that involves intimacy. And um, in the book I mentioned earlier for Aphrodite, she says that you know, if you have cookbooks, you must also have books on eroticism. And to, for some people to set the table is the same effort that somebody will put into like preparing for a lover, whether that's like preparing the bed, preparing the space to like make it ready for someone. And I think that's very interesting in terms of a contrast to our other conversation about like where you're just like food and fucking is very different from like the space of an aphrodisiac. Yeah. But when you Google it, you get these like 13 aphrodisiac recipes and you want that like quick one and done. And it's very Western thinking. And it, I, I think we apply a lot of that same thinking to like herbal medicine too, where you want to take a specific plant and you want it to work like taking ibuprofen right you want to take this thing to immediately alleviate your anxiety when you study with herbalists and spiritual practitioners these are plants that that you have to have a relationship to and you have to take over time and consider it with your whole being your whole body your whole place and setting what else you're like taking in with it but that's not how we're used to prescribing medicine or being in relationship to plants and I think that aphrodisiacs as an idea kind of holds that space in our relationship to food where there's a little bit of spirituality but what it really is is intimate and in order to actually take in aphrodisiacs as a whole we have to think about set and setting where am I at what else is going on in my life what is my stress what is the quality of the plants in place who's here with me because it's intimate yeah well it's even like thinking about episode two when we were talking about dating when you go on a date with somebody and you're planning what restaurant we're gonna go to what show I'm gonna take this person to and then where we're gonna get drinks afterwards and are we gonna go to get drinks we're gonna go to my house like and then if we go to my house how is it gonna be set up what am I gonna provide are we gonna have cocktails are we gonna like you know what I mean it's like this whole performance that you're planning from the start to the end with this build-up of hopefully a a goal at the end right (laughs) 
Like, I think that's what we all want. And maybe that's not ultimately sex at the end of it either. Like, maybe that's yeah. just a full-on emotional connection or that, like, moment at the back door when you're saying goodbye and you're like, holy shit, I want to, like, see this person again. It can. It doesn't always have to be, like, a physical connection but also an emotional connection at the same time. And I think it's really interesting the way you're describing, like, setting a table can be really similar to, like, setting the bedroom the the same amount of effort kind of goes into it and I agree with that because some people's love language is very I'm gonna set this table we're gonna have a date at home I'm gonna like put some flowers on light some candles and this isn't the normal dinner that we're having mm-hmm. but it's something I'm putting effort into for this person that I care about and I think that's really special same thing with like the bedroom which also people don't do as often really like setting intention within the bedroom and I mean that with like we're gonna like lay out the the blankets properly and like have everything (laughs) arms reach and like is there water are we got this we're good the heat is at a good temperature (laughs) like all these thoughts that go into it I ran into the kitchen one of the things I read for this episode was this like baller man who had a mini fridge in his bedroom stocked with hors d'oeuvres and that was like the whole thing was like like that was all he could cook like he didn't cook like because I did some reading about like men who cook and like why women find the sexy and all those things um but that's all he cooked was hors d'oeuvres and little snacks and he kept a mini fridge in his bedroom stocked for between performances you could like have dinner with this guy and then like get it on and then you're that like, would be amazing wouldn't it be amazing and i told alex like the bar would be so low like you just present me with some tiny cheeses and some cold water and i'm probably I gonna be so happy <laughs> i do remember a time this is bringing back some weird memories of like years and years ago where a bedroom was set for me <laughs> You had an actual bedroom set for I you. Did. I'm so jealous. Nobody's ever like set I did. a bedroom I did. And this is the only time that's ever like truly happened. Like could be argued, but candles were lit. Things were all laid out. There was cheese, crackers, and like meat in like on a plate. And then music. What was playing? I don't even fucking remember. Were you chewing juicy fruit? No. It's Tropical Twist, by the way. Sorry. Very different. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no. So I came in and basically I was told to undress and I was going to get a massage. And I got, there was oils that were bought in, lotion, and I got a nice head to fucking toe massage, which was funny and like very sweet. Was it bad? No, it was good, but it was just kind of like one of those things where I'm like, I'm, I'm not prepared for you to massage my butt. (laughs) <laughs> like I didn't know that was gonna happen and I also like my thighs my back of my thighs are really ticklish so I was like oh my god this is I'm not prepared for this but also keep it sexy keep it sexy be and cool, be cool be cool everything's fine it's all good there was like wine and obviously like what happened happened you all can imagine and then there were snacks and then we watched cartoons and it was great <laughs> <laughs> But I think that was the only time and it was one of those things where I was like, oh my gosh, like no one's ever like done that for me. And that was really sweet and also very like sexy too, you know, even though there was the silliness of like, I'm being really ticklish and the crackers were Ritz crackers, but like I'm into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the moment of it. So I think that in its own way is kind of 
an aphrodisiac yeah well in listening to you i think it, that is the aphrodisiac like you didn't tell me what crackers they could have been fucking saltine yeah it which, doesn't matter uh what foods do you find sensual or can you describe a meal that was made for you that was sensual oh, other gosh. than the s- snacks <laughs> um because i don't want to set the bar too low for folks <laughs> yeah i think if i were to choose probably i've thought about this a lot especially like this afternoon knowing we're gonna have this conversation mm-hmm. for me i feel like pasta any pasta any pasta pasta um, but not noodles not noodles not bite-sized pasta like stringy pasta i would say specifically so like um i just if it's homemade too that's a whole different level but that's like something that i would never expect necessarily but that's a whole other thing but pennies would fall if pennies would fall there's something about watching a man need some pasta dough that i'm like fucking hot their forearms get all i don't even know like there there's been men in my life i'm not even sexually attracted to and i've watched them make pasta and i'm like oh my god like i don't even know what's wrong with me right now shower right now yeah it's just there's something so the gentleness that you have to have it's very hands of a lover situation just the aromatics of herbs that are added especially if they're fresh um you have to have a cheese so like umami is a whole nother level you're hitting if there's like chili flakes in there that's got some sharpness the fact that when you eat that type of pasta it's very mouthy like your lips are helping carry it to your mouth and I feel like that's very sexual I've never heard it described to me that way but that was like <laughs> that was actually kind thanks <laughs> thanks it's also i feel like especially stringy erotic fiction dude i've thought about it i feel like is there erotic food fiction probably oh my god of course i'm i'd be shocked if there wasn't and i bet it's not as cool as i want it to be no but yeah and i think stringy pasta kind of forces you to slow down because you have to you know with your fork like twirl your fork get it on there correctly like it's it's very i would take pasta over i think anything wow yeah and it's also that that playfulness of like when you slurp if you get a little on your face there's that lady in the tramp situation where you're like oh god i'm so sorry i got a little little bolognese on my cheek yes and yeah so i would say i would say pasta what about you for you if you had to choose one one what sorry i'm still thinking about pasta (laughs) you're welcome you, what's the most central food for you if someone were to cook something for you or if you've had something in the past like what stands out to you as a meal aphrodisiac when it's being given to me or when I'm making it when it's being given to you when it's being given to me I get a little turned on every time someone puts a plate of mussels in front of me mm. but turns it the right way where I get a good view I need the visual but I, there are people who are like, here are your plate of mussels, and they just put it on the table. And then there are people who like take a second, and then they go, here you go, and give you a little like, you know, and I know, We're and they're looking like, at the same thing right now. Look at you, fair. But I also find mussels to be very attractive, um, and I, I do. I recently made mussels for myself. Nice. Um, 
not like by myself but it was for me and my partner and it was the first time I had cooked them by myself and I was like really proud of myself nice <laughs> um because it it was one of those foods that I held as very intimidating for a long time but it's actually quite simple as long as you're you just know you know what you're looking for you have to know what you're looking for and you have to be safe about like keeping things cold mm-hmm. and um rinse out the goop and yeah um otherwise it cooked together pretty straightforward and i used the last it was the very last of the tomatoes this last season oh yeah uh, for that just like here's the last of the cherry tomatoes tomato tomato white one butter Delicious. sauce and some bomb. crusty bread and i presented it to my partner and it was really fun and i felt very attractive making it but i also felt really turned on eating it yeah i i feel like there's something odd about seafood and shellfish specifically and i think it's because it's so handsy like you have to use your hands to eat it whether it's oysters crab lobster you're like digging it out of this other thing and it's it's just usually a very like hands-on project when you're eating it and i think Honestly, I think anything that you eat with your hands is way more attractive. Well, and we could do a whole separate episode on this, but the whole like bringing in of forks, <laughs> there were people who felt like it was an abomination because it removed your separation from you and God and your food. Yeah. And there there are many cultures where it is still very normal to just eat with your hands i and there are think there's something to that there are food experiences that are not the same you can eat ethiopian food with the injera and the different sauces and stewed vegetables you could eat it with a fork but it's an entirely different experience to like rip the bread and scoop yeah your things and like mix it in and put on some burberry and it's like yeah yeah well and i think even cooking with my hands like so many people are afraid to touch their food so many people are afraid to touch your food their their food when they're cooking but I I think I like abnormally in my industry use my hands a lot more than other people and I also think my biggest excuse is we work in a restaurant so why not play with your food a little bit there was a recent day that we had we were doing something with mayonnaise (laughs) And I need, what were you doing with the mayonnaise? I don't remember. It was some recipe that called for it. And I grabbed the like container and I just, instead of taking a spoon and putting it in a measuring cup, I just had a scooped it. I had a glove on, but I scooped it with my hand. I just, I remember I was like, <laughs> I scooped it. And then I held this huge pile of jiggly mayo <laughs> in front of one of my cooks. And I was like, this is why what we do is the fucking best. And I like just dumped it in my bowl. And he was like, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why, but like my gloves clean this why is not like and it's same like when you're making biscuits with a wooden spoon versus your hands it's very different they feel different my yeah my brain knows when the dough is done better when i'm touching it than when there's like the separation exactly and a lot of that is like these technical things and we could talk about like chocolatier work which i'm not going to because i'm not like very good at that but like there is an aspect of like the temperature of your hand going into like your biscuits and that's going to melt your butter to a certain extent more than it would if you were using a spoon. So the texture of your biscuits will be different generally because um, they weren't as cold for as long. But it's just it's interesting even just like the tool that is your hands like 
you have these fingers. So like as you're working with a product, it's going to change. And I think we need to use our hands more. (laughs) Also, I just like to connect with my food with my hands. So I tend to use my hands a lot at work. Mm -hmm. Even picking like stuff out of pans with my hands on the line, like scooping an egg out of a pan, like... If you can use your out hands, Out of a hot not? pan, you just scoop an egg out? My hands are pretty leather at this point. Yeah. Fuck. Also, when you're in the rush of a dinner rush and you're like going as quick as you can, it's kind of, it's an adrenaline. Hence why I like my job. Or I, I like the food industry. My job. I don't have a job anymore. I'm unemployed. <laughs> but it's a rush. It's endorphins. It's great. So use your hands more is all I can say with people. <laughs> Same with eating with your hands. We shouldn't be afraid of it. It makes you more connected to your food. And do you ever feel like when you cook and you're using your hands, like chopping things, whatever, peeling your vegetables, and then when you go to sit down to eat or you're waiting for it to cook and you're on the couch, whatever you're doing, you can smell it on your hands, like the spices or the garlic or the onions. Oh, yeah. There's just something, too, that just makes me, like, really excited when I can smell it on my hands. I have the kitchen confession, but it's not mine. Ooh, tell me. It's pretty hilarious, but what you were saying about, like, the food having the residue on your hands. Ooh, I th- oh my god, I think I know where you're going to go with this. I know somebody who was cooking with spicy peppers, a penis-owning person, who caught up a bunch of peppers and then, like, didn't wash their hands and had to pee. And then they're, like, texting me. And they're, like, freaking out because their their dick was on fire. And it, like, sucked. Oh, no. And, you know, they, like, washed their hands after. Like, I think they rinsed their hands, but they didn't, like, wash, wash their hands. And they were, like, pretty uncomfortable. And they are some of the weirdest texts that, like, out of context, you'd be like, (laughs) what the fuck is she talking about? Because I think one of my pieces of advice was to, like, pour uh, like a like if you had an old sour cream container just like pour some milk and then some water and then just like stick s- it in there stick it in there and <laughs> like are we are we talking that bad like is that what we need well, to my do my text i was very unclear like how much of an emergency is this like right do you, like are you in pain oh <laughs> my were, god are you being dramatic or are you like are you actually in pain so like this is what i would suggest and um anyway (laughs) the most hilarious part of the story was that like it was traumatic it was all these things and then like a week later they did it again no oh my god that's so funny um i have a kitchen confession okay there was a time that i was this is my own chopping poblano peppers and i wasn't wearing a glove because it was going to be cooked into this like stew like project and poblanos aren't typically spicy right no. And this was a job I had where we used a lot of poblanos all the time. So they, I was pretty used to their flavors and it wasn't usually anything that was spicy. This particular day, I was chopping them and it must have been in season or fucking I don't know because they were hot. But I was unaware of how hot they were until I went to the restroom. Oh, no. And I prefer majority of the time to use a menstrual cup instead of a tampon. And I needed to change and check on my menstrual cup. Oh, my God. So anyone out there who has used one of those knows you kind of get really up in your your vagina. Like you're in there. (laughs) And I am irresponsible and didn't wash my hands before sticking my hand up my vagina to remove. Before washing the peppers, of course. (laughs) Right. 
to remove my cum. And I was on fire from the inside oh out. God. And I remember I walked back into the kitchen. I was like, I want to tell somebody so bad because like, oh my God, like every movement I'm like, it's on fire and it's in an on fire in a way I've never experienced because it's inside my body. Were you into it? I, it wasn't like bad, but it, it was too much. It was like, it was, it was too much where like I was getting kind of flustered and I was just like, <laughs> you know, when you just need to tell somebody so you can process it with them. And there was nobody at that time that I worked with that I felt like I couldn't be like, hey, so I wear a cup and I had to put my hands in my vagina. <laughs> it was awful. So um did you end up douching with milk no 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 I just dealt with it and so I was like cool this is great nobody knows that I'm over here like vagina on fire putting the term fire crotch in a whole different meaning for me oh fire crotch uh so I empathize with your friend I I get it thank you thank you that makes me think of the time that I fucked in the woods and accidentally got into a patch of nettles and didn't know until well after <gasps> wow. the fact and like when we like finished it was like oh oh jesus oh you're such a farm girl <laughs> like hearing that i'm like wait what the fuck and then i'm also like my my brain is always like how can i relate to this person like every time I, i'm talking to people and so i'm like oh yeah i fucked in a park once and a homeless person was like underneath us <laughs> in this like park area. And I didn't realize it until I looked down and I like looked this man in the eye. Oh my God. And I was like, holy shit, we need to move. And also don't know why I was fucking in a, in a play gym at a park. I don't know. But so very different. Like, I feel like I have a very urban experience and you have a very natural experience of awkward fucking situations <laughs> when <laughs> public fucking situations. That yeah. would hurt. It was not okay. But also, that's and we hilarious. like we got back down to the mainland to civilization very quickly. Uh, yeah, ran into the house. The person's roommate was there, and they was like, "Oh, hey guys, like, how was your hike?" And I was like, "Was just like fine," and like made a beeline for the shower and couldn't say anything. No, also, oh my god, because mm, nettle nettle stings are invigorating but like not cool it was very interesting anyway this podcast is off the rails i was gonna say we're not even talking about we are we're talking about aphrodisiacs of nettles (laughs) okay um (laughs) hilarious bringing it back the biggest thing i feel like from researching aphrodisiacs for me and i've already kind of mentioned this to you but is are they real or are they not and i feel like think for the most part and this really makes me upset because I love believing in the impossible but I think they're not real what I think they're not real in the way that we like initially think about them however I do think that sexual stimulation desire experiences all of that one reason why it's so consuming is because it hits all of our senses. And I think that food does the same thing for us. Kind of like we were talking about in past episodes this season already. That food is like taste, smell, and touch. And so is sex. So 
if you are the type of person who finds food sexy or intimate or sensual, you 100% have like a fuck ton of aphrodisiacs. And that's amazing. I'm one of those people. (laughs) But I think there's a lot of people that view food as fuel and as a way to just like keep living. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there's food that like feels good in your body and like you mentioned digestion and like health but then there's the foods that just feel fucking good just like there's sex to get pregnant and like sex for pleasure I don't know I guess I shouldn't say that because I've never had sex to get pregnant (laughs) I didn't know that was the direction you were gonna go (laughs) I don't know I'm trying to like have these two different parallels and I'm not doing a very good job but you don't think aphrodisiacs are real I don't think in the way that we have been told. I think that people take foods and insinuate oysters, I think for sure are an aphrodisiac because they look like a vagina. I think mussels for sure. And then when we eat them, we're all thinking that. And even if you don't see it visually, like it feels like a wet body part in your mouth. So like anybody can relate to that in a certain way. So it's going to trigger your mind to think of a certain thing that you've associated with, which is then going to stimulate your sexual drive, your arousal, your desires, your fantasies, etc. So I don't think that aphrodisiacs are off the table. I think, I don't know, like when I was thinking about an oyster, because that's such a common aphrodisiac, right? I'm thinking about the texture of it. I'm thinking about the like, taste, the smell, the act of like, you know, slurping it from the shell, and all of that's really awesome, but I'm also like, the patsu I had earlier this week is like kind of slimy, like gross, yummy noodles that have a similar texture. Mm. And they're kind of sexual too, but that's not on like the list of aphrodisiacs, you know what I mean? Or like, I don't know, one that popped up for me that's a very modern aphrodisiac for me is Pop Rocks. What the fuck? No. What do you, What? what? How is that? Have you ever put Pop Rocks in your mouth and then made out with somebody? I highly recommend it. No, that's always been a solo experience. Or I guess like solo in that it was like me and my sister and my exchange sister. Like holding it in your mouth, doing little kisses. That person feels the vibration. You can exchange and feel it. It's fun. I don't know. I'm just... I also am a big food play person. Um, It's been a long time, but I also haven't bought Pop Rocks probably since then. I don't know, maybe like six years ago, five years ago. That's more recent than I would have imagined. <laughs> I learned more. Every I day. feel like you know. I feel like you knew this. I don't even know where to get Pop Rocks. Um, a corner station, corner store. Just pop down to the station. Yes, just pop down right over there on the corner. <laughs> Ask for some Pop Rocks. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, but you know what I mean? It's just like something that's fun and different. It's a different sensation. But it's also the whole fireworks thing. Well, I think aphrodisiacs are a thing. I think they are real. And I realize that there is debate on either side of the aisle. But I think for me, they are real. But a big part of it has to do with the intention and your willingness to 
be in relationship with the food that you are presenting and the person that you are sharing it with. Like when I read stories about how Cleopatra was a master of this, she was also a master of ceremonies and she would bathe in milk and be... You know, I think the milk was also like flavored with saffron and cloves and cinnamon and spices. And like this is a like when you read the stories, it's just like this is a whole experience. And I'm imagining this beautiful woman in this bath inviting you in. And there's like a sensory experience and there's conversation and there's like this whole it's exotic. It's erotic. And it's not necessarily the ingredient as a one and done like again you're not popping it like a viagra and you're gonna have a experience in you know 45 minutes or something as your digestion hits it the digestion is slower because it's more of a spiritual connection and i i think they are real but that very few people actually have the experience with aphrodisiacs and i would also say that in my own life so far and maybe I can make more room for it in the future, that I've had very little food experience that I would say had like an aphrodisiac experience, right? Yeah. And I'm somebody who's very in tune to my relationship to food and I try to make space for it. But, you know, when you describe like setting a table for many people, that the only time for that is just Thanksgiving. Right. And that's like a whole thing. That's stressful. There's family. It's a thing. And it's just pure gluttony. Yeah. There's no lust involved. And one of the things that stood out to me and like a tips for aphrodisiacs was that um, you want to create the meal in such a way that it is not inflammatory in any way. Because if it was inflammatory in any way, then you're body is going to be um more tired you're going to be less in the mood like all these things and I really appreciated that language because I think that term inflammatory can mean different things to different people like dairy's an aphrodisiac in many ways to many people and in some bodies it's extremely inflammatory Mm -hmm. so for me to read something in isolation of oh milk is an aphrodisiac and sweetened milk is this aphrodisiac but if it gives me a stomach ache or I I suspect there's any kind of low inflammation then that's not an aphrodisiac for me and how I want to be in relationship to this food and with this person I'm actually trying to connect with so I think it is a real thing but that it's more nuanced. Yeah. And one of the old aphrodisiacs I found from like ancient times was specifically for men and it was beans. And if men ate a bunch of beans, it was supposed to make their like semen flow better. And I was like, also super gassy. <laughs> so what the fuck? Seriously. I thought that was really funny. I was like, but also back in then they probably weren't looking at bodies the way we do now in a modern time of like oh, look at that pooch or they're bloated or they're this or like, I don't know, maybe people just farted all the time and it wasn't a big deal. (laughs) It was a sign of a healthy constitution. Who knows? Maybe it was like, yeah, whatever. But overall, I think the one thing I'll, I'll give aphrodisiacs, because I do think there is something to it, is that when you're sharing a physical experience with somebody, whether that's sex eating a delicious meal or like jumping out of an airplane if you're sharing a physical experience with somebody 
you're going to bond to them in some way. And each person's different again. So some people aren't going to value like a dinner experience the same as another person. Mm-hmm. Or maybe someone will value jumping out of a plane more than me because that sounds terrifying. But doing that act with somebody is going to bring them closer and bonding, which means that that hopefully the end goal is even more explosive and fun. And it's that buildup that we've been talking about. So being in extreme emotions together, whether that's like flavors, textures, experiences, physical connection, it's all, it's all the same. It's just in different ways. It's a different drug. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you've given me a lot of food for thought. Some good prompts and ideas to just bring more, I guess, reflection on how I can bring more sensuality and more like intentional space to eating, like well beyond aphrodisiac just being specific ingredients. We should all like slow down in general, especially slow down with our food and our pleasure and our sensuality. Take time to put intention and if it moves you connect your food and your sexuality and see what happens like have a sexy dinner have a sexy night it'll most likely turn out great <laughs> love the little caveat there <laughs> depending on your company you know choose wisely choose wisely but also i mean always choose wisely thank you so much for listening your time is a gift and we really appreciate it Did you know you can now rate Time to Chat on Spotify? Follow us on Instagram for first dibs on some listener swag. Trust us, you're going to want some of this. If you enjoyed this conversation, please follow, share, and rate this podcast. It really makes a difference and helps us reach more folks that want to digest their relationship to food. Thanks for being here. Until next time. Bubbles are looking bigger than they were last time. I love how we still sound like amateurs. Look at you. On top of it. I'm trying. Top of, I'm on top of something. Or someone. Oh. <laughs> oh, my. Take eight. Because <laughs> that was garbage. <laughs> <laughs>